We are back to discuss another Oscar contender, Minari. Welcome to the best movie of the year so far. Thanks for taking the time to be a part of the show today. I am John Ellis on Twitter at Ellis on Movies. So it's great to have you back to the show that helps you determine the best movie of the year so far. As we've talked about, 2020 was this odd kind of year, but there were some good movies and great movies to be found. Just as a reminder, you can find today's episode and all of our previous episodes on ellisonmovies.com. Feel free to catch up on some of the other Oscar contenders we've talked about. Of course, you can always subscribe to any of your favorite podcasting apps as well. As mentioned, we are in this 2021 year now, but the Academy Award nominations for 2020 movies are just around the corner. So until then, we're going to continue to celebrate and discuss those candidates, movies you're sure to hear about, those movies that are sure to get mentioned on Oscar night. So over the next few weeks and even months, we're going to discuss the best movies of 2020. Joining me over these episodes will be several of my friends. Today I'm with Declan Green. Now Declan writes about movies and TV for the NerdDaily.com. He's a video editor based out of Sydney, Australia, meaning he's my first international guest as well. So check out Declan Green on Letterboxd to read his current reviews. You can find him just with his name, Declan Green. Join Declan and I as we deep dive into Minari. So Minari is the story of a Korean-American family moving from California to their to their plot of land in rural Arkansas in the early eight, 1980s. Jacob, the father, has a plan to grow produce, especially Korean vegetables, on his farm and sell to suppliers. His wife, Monica, is skeptical of the plan in this new life in Arkansas and, has, and also worried about their young son's heart condition. Meanwhile, until the crop is, gets going and business kicks in, Monica and Jacob both take jobs at a nearby hatchery where they work sexing, sexing chicken, which sounds exactly like it is, putting baby male chicks in one bin and female baby chicks in another bin. Eventually, to help around the house, Monica's mother travels from Korea to live with them. And from there, the movie takes us into Jacob's ups and downs of running a farm to the point it strains their marriage and family life. And that's the general idea behind Minari, but it feels like there's much more to it than that general synopsis. Declan, uh, welcome. And what did you think of Minari? Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I, I think... This was a beautiful movie. It's it is it's among my favourites of last year, really. I, I'm a I'm a big admirer of Terence Malick as a director, and I think you can see a lot of his influences in this in the cinematography. Uh, I think the, this director's Lee Isaac Chung, but um, I don't think I don't think he's uh he's done a few feature films before, but nothing really that prolific. So it's hard to compare this to his previous work, but just the the way he lingers on these close ups of nature and sun filtering through trees. There's a, there's this really lovely score in the background as well. It's like these ethereal wavering vocals, uh, very pure sounding. And I think uh, I think that ties back into this setting as well. There's like already something beautiful here that Jacob, uh, the main character, is his ambitions threatening to break this thing that's already very fragile and, and pure. Uh, but yeah, I think this was just a, one of the most beautiful films of last year. 
Yeah, I agree. It's, it's funny you mentioned Malik, and it sounds so obvious now, but I just didn't even think about that. Especially some of those scenes of them walking through the grass, touching touching the grass as you walk, just feels so much like a, a Malik thing. Um, I really like this movie as well, and once I realized what it was, and by that, it, it was not until the second watch that I was amazed by the storytelling. Because I wasn't kind of sure where it was going, if this is going to be like a, a movie about racism or harsh realities. And and it's just a simple story of a of this family dream. And I found the pacing of the film, you know, it could come out as slow, but I didn't think it was really that slow at all. It feels like sort of the point. It wasn't really necessarily a narrative as more as just a story of their life, if you know, if that makes sense. It's just an overall, I guess... I can't come back to the word sweet. It's just a sweet movie of nice people. This American dream of sometimes being at times disappointing, but still sometimes worth striving for. I should mention the name Minari, for those who don't know, it's from, and I didn't know either until I watched this, it's from this hardy Asian plant that seemingly can grow anywhere through any conditions. And as we watch this family try to grow through this equally rough conditions as well. I'm curious that from you not being an American, does this strike you as an American story or is it a universal story to you? It's definitely a universal story, but I think just from like, just looking at the setting and like these luxurious images that the director puts on this screen, it also feels very specifically American, especially, um, moving into this uh, community in Arkansas and it's a very, uh, it's a very Christian community and there's not like, there's not overt racism or anything there. There's just this cultural divide that, um, that, that's there. The, the, the people themselves are quite welcoming really. They're, they're, it seems like quite a nurturing community, but there's also just, um, especially on uh, Jacob's part as well. He just, when uh when his friend Paul the the farmer comes along and starts praying over his crops, he just has no idea what's going on there. It's um, and I think that's the big contrast between his work ethic and and Paul and uh this community's work ethic. Their their work is like a manifestation of their their love and their faith and their adoration of nature, and then. Here comes Jacob and he thinks that he can bend nature to his will and he, he doesn't have that sort of, uh, he, he, he wants to, uh, con- control this environment to, um, to, so that he can plant something and, uh, and make something out of himself. Um, he just doesn't have the same understanding of this foreign soil as they do. So yeah, there's, um, it does seem like, like an American movie, but then of course the themes, uh, something a bit more universal as well. Yeah, they, when you said that, it reminded me of that scene where they were planning on him and Paul, and they were having a discussion. It, it wasn't really an argument, it was just a discussion. And Paul was saying, no, you should plant it this way. He's like, I've been planting it this way. He's like, well, that's not the Ar- <laughs> that's not the Arkansas way. And the metaphor there kind of struck me as, uh, yeah, sure, the Arkansas way to, of planting this, but also the Arkansas way of living in this life and in this world we live in here. It's, it's a little different than what you're used to, but if you adapt a little mm. bit, it can work. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a scene that at the beginning where the, um, the, one of the farmers is, uh, dousing with one of those sticks to find a water. And, uh, and, uh, Jacob's just like, no, I'm going to go look for it myself. And then at the end, after he has to replant the farm all over again, he just sort of finally gives in to, into their traditions. Um, he, he's just sort of like, all right, my way didn't work. So uh, I think it's time to try something else. Yeah, it's, I noticed that too. And I, I'm not even sure if at the end he really believed the stick was working, but yeah. figure, figure why, why not? Let's just do it. What, what's the harm? 
this movie I thought could have gone a bunch of different directions and I'm glad it didn't, especially dealing with the American South being these literally foreigners coming in. I thought we were going to get this into a racism type situation and I kept waiting Mm -hmm. for, kept waiting for bad people or bad things to happen. And there were certainly bad things that happened along the way, but it wasn't necessarily because of bad people. It was just life, Mm -hmm. life just happening. And I'm, and there were certainly some, racial things that happened, but I don't think it was like, for example, there was a scene where Anne was meeting a young girl at church and the girl just spewed this garbage out of her mouth <laughs> about their language. <laughs> and sure, it was, it was definitely racist and awful of these two kids having the conversation, but I don't know. I, I just saw it as kids trying to understand each other. It's certainly, yeah. I don't, I don't think she meant it as a racist thing. She just, and you know, once they got past that, they were, they were friends and, yeah. and there's like a similar scene right after that where, a kid came up to the the young boy and asked him why his face was flat. Yeah, it's just pure ignorance. Like, yes, and then they, that, but then after that, they were best friends. It's just they didn't. Yeah. it wasn't intentional being evil or anything. Yeah, exactly. There's there's not there isn't a villain in this. I mean, you could argue the closest like Jacob has his uh doesn't have his goals in line with his families and he's a bit selfish, but. Really, like, it's just sort of the chaotic, chaotic whims of the universe that sort of threaten everything that he's trying to build, like, especially in the, so that there's, he, he finds a Kareem grocer and he thinks he can sell his produce there and then that plan falls through and he, uh, he's just, he's just playing a risky game and there's just things being thrown at him that he, he doesn't expect and that's really the main complication of the story and especially, in one of the final scenes when everything burns down, yeah, he just, he, he just doesn't plan for any of this and he doesn't have the, and, and I think that's what the Minari comes to represent as well. There's, there's this flexibility to be able to prosper anywhere that I think Sunja, the grandmother, I think, I think she's able to flourish wherever she goes and keep in touch with the Korean heritage, but Jacob is just, Jacobs doesn't have that sort of flexibility. Um, and so he, just, yeah, he just doesn't account for these chaotic whims of the universe, really. Yeah, that, it, it got, it struck me when I, when he kind of, when he had that argument with his wife toward the end and when mm. he realized he put, he put the business first. Yeah. And I, and I just thought, well, now you've really embraced the American way. Now he's kind of gone, <laughs> now he's kind of gone full, full out and really gotten way too deep into it. Um, the, the Americas, that's kind of the American dream, unfortunately. You mentioned the director, Lee Isaac Chung. I, I was, got, like you said, I was looking at his work. I didn't see, but I did mm-hmm. see, you know, he's working, he's now working on a live action remake of, um, Your Name. And apparently this is a, at least semi autobiographical story of his, of his life growing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's clearly a very personal story for him, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does next. Is a, so some, some directors are sort of, come out of nowhere with a big movie and you're just keen to see where their career takes them from there, really. So I should, I should mention this, the film stars Stephen Young as Jacob. And I he guess he's the most well-known of the actors in this movie. He's really strong in this movie. I, I project and I assume there'll be an Oscar nomination for him in this role. What'd you think of his performance? Mm-hmm. I think, I think he was, uh, he was fantastic. I think he's one of the biggest reliable independent movie stars. He's not, he's not an A-list celebrity, but he's a sort of actor who, he was in uh, the movie Burning a few years ago, which was another one that, um, I really enjoyed. It's, uh, in a similar manner to Joaquin Phoenix, I suppose, in that he, he just keeps doing these independent movies and he sort of builds, 
uh, profile and a reputation that way is uh, a lot of people, uh, perhaps eventually similar to Walking Phoenix, a lot of people will like come and see a movie just uh, just because he's in it as well. But I think he he carries a lot on his shoulders in this movie. It's, it's a difficult role to play because I think on the page it could come off as quite um, an egotistic character just because he's so set and stubborn on doing what he wants to do. You don't really feel that until like he sort of gets a bit carried away in the last act. Before that, he's um he's quite a likable person. He's he, he he's he's making an effort and he's working hard, and I think he's all the more charming for that. Yeah, and that's the th- we we talked about this already. That's the thing is, I think everybody has good intentions here. Uh, you can sort of see it, like you see it from his wife's angle too. At, at first, she was reluctant and didn't like it, and then she sort of got into it. But then she realized. He's taken a little too far now. So the rest of the cast is Yuri Han as Monica, Alan Kim, the son, which I thought was David, which is great. Actually, both the kids were really good in this movie. And then Nolcho, Nolcho was the daughter, and Young Young Yan was grandma Sunya. And I thought she was pretty remarkable. Yeah, she she was she was another one who really stood out to me. She um, I'm not I'm not sure about her resume, what she's been in before, but she's a uh, I think she brings a very um interesting. Uh, she 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 brings a challenge to the the cast in this movie. She's sort of like the Korean heritage that um in a way Jacob is trying to embrace the American culture, and then she's just sort of there and young David what to make of her because she's not like an American grandmother. Yeah, he says, well, you know, why don't you make what you America's make? Right, why don't you make cookies like the other grandma? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and I've seen the, I've seen the movie a couple of times and every time I still laugh when she says broken ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, she has some, she has some wonderful lines. In there. Yeah. Uh, and then, then the, also in the cast, you mentioned, uh, Will Patton plays Paul and I thought he was yeah. uh, unbelievable as well. And I did and he's one of those characters that grow on you as well. Cause I didn't know what to make of this guy. Is he just nuts? But in the end, he's just, I mean, you may not agree with him, but he's sincere He's yeah. He's a nice guy, just trying to help out. Yeah, exactly. And he, he he does that thing that we see a few times where he, I think every Sunday he car- he carries that crucifix down the road on his back, and I don't think there's ever really an explanation for that. I think it's just one of his one of his eccentricities, but it's also about it comes back to that uh, devotion of um how much his faith plays a role in his life, even if it comes out of. In a, a few, uh, in a little eccentric ways, really. Yeah. Jacob's not quite sure how to how to handle him. Sort of halfway through the movie, kind of stopped fighting it. He just embraced it and let him yeah. just, let him just be him. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that, that even even in the very last scene, I mean, he was there with them with their with the uh, water sticks. There's a scene where um where David pees into a cup. He gives it to her, telling her it's Mountain Dew. And then she drinks it and she, she spits it out, but she pretty much almost immediately forgives him because up until that point, there's that tension between her and David. They don't, they don't entirely get along and he's, he's always sort of insulting her. But then I think she's a, like Minaro. She's very flexible and she's forgiving. And uh, in the end that there's a relationship in the end, the strongest relationship in the movies between them really, because when she starts to walk away after burning down the farm, he, he and his sister are the ones that run back to bring her back. It's a really beautiful relationship that um that grows in this movie. But yeah, there was that scene where he handed her the 
the drink air quotes. Uh, and I, I watched it again cause I just love that scene cause he's slowly walking away and putting on his boots <laughs> while he's watching her and yeah. watching her cause he knows it's coming. So he's waiting and waiting. And as soon as she takes a sip, he just bolts through the woods. Um, and then he comes, yeah, there's some good, there's some good humor in this movie. Yeah. And then he comes back, um, cause he has to get the stick to get his whipping with, I guess it comes back with that flimsy, flimsy stick and, I just think his grandma really appreciated appreciated him despite everything. Yeah, there's there's just one other thing. Like I only figured this out the second time, but the the demountable house they move into, like the first time in the movie, I was like, what's this? What is this symbol for? Like, what's it representing? And then I think the second time I realized it's a house that doesn't have roots in the ground. It's like it's just it's like vulnerable. If a tornado came along, it would just be whipped up. It doesn't that. And so I think like this family, they don't really have their roots in this uh american culture yet they're they're sort of it's sort of like a temporary pit stop on until they they finally find somewhere that's more permanent but um and then it doesn't even have stairs up to the front door so like it was even difficult to get there to begin with really that works as a really wonderful metaphor throughout the movie and there's that scene with them at church when they're asked to stand up the 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 pastor says i'm like if you're new and, and obviously everyone knows they're new. There's only 20 people in the church. Uh, if you're new, please stand up and they sit there for a minute. It's okay. It's okay. Please stand up, which is the most awkward thing. But it was, I mean, everybody was nice. I mean, they're, they're awkward and they're maybe slightly racist, but they, but they don't, they, they don't, they don't mean to be. They just try, they're trying, they're trying to adjust. They're trying to help. And, and even in that scene, you can see the, the cultural divide there when, um, when Sunya, uh, she, she takes money from the collection plate. <laughs> she's just going around. She just steals a bit for herself. And, <laughs> and I think it yeah. was, cause I, I noticed the first time she took money, but the second time I think it was like, I mean, it was like a hundred dollars or something, I believe. It, yeah, it was a it big was amount. A <laughs> it wasn't like she just took a few dollars and then she handed it to David later in the day. Yeah. 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 That's right. That, that was lovely. That was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. But overall, I mean, I think it may be, it's one of the, I was going to say if it's the best movie I've seen in 2020. I'm not sure if it's the best yet, but it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely my top three. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with me. I, I keep going between my top three every day. It changes to a different one of them, but yeah, it's, it's, it's up there. Definitely. Well, let's get anything else. Any final thoughts on Minari? I don't think so. I just think it was a, I, I think it's one of the, just a, a lovely film. I think we're very lucky that in a, uh, in a year where a lot of blockbusters were being shipped to, 2021 that this had a chance to sort of stand out as an independent movie on its own really yeah i would love to see more people see it i know um subtitle movies don't always go over well you know last year's best picture winner um parasite yeah. winning maybe that's uh changed people's mind a little bit yeah honestly i'm i think i'm gonna make a take a punt here and say that best picture of the oscars will be between this and nomadland i think those are the two front runners at the moment so yeah i think that's that's highly possible you know, my thoughts on No Man Land are coming up on a future es- episode, so stay tuned for that. I'd love to hear what you think about that. But my final thoughts on Minari. At the heart of Minari is this family you just fall in love with. They're certainly not perfect, and, uh, and we see their flaws come, come in and out, but we get it. We empathize with them. Minari is a very easy movie to watch, meaning it just feels natural. You're instantly invested in this family and rooting for their success. Although you know loss and heartbreak is probably more likely. It's a true American story, or as we've said, a more of an international story. 
of really starting from nothing and trying to grow, and in this case, literally grow, but also adapt to a life in the U.S. South, you know, a different world indeed. It really is one of the best films of 2020. Sure to receive a Best Oscar nomination. A win? Maybe. But more on that in a later episode. Hey, Declan, thank you so much for being a part of the episode today and joining me. I look forward to having you on again soon. Listeners, thank you for always listening, being a part of the show. Be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know these new movie episodes. Join the conversation online. Let's talk about more movies. Visit us at ellisonmovies.com and always on Twitter at ellisonmovies. Leave me a comment on your favorite channel. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know what you think of this movie. But until then, wear a mask when you're out and watch a movie when you're home. <laughs>